How's it going, Odd People? You are listening to the Odd People Podcast, and I am your host, Matt the Cat. Today is episode number 48, and in this episode, I'll be talking to a very sober artist, Chris F. I hope you enjoy the show. person and forever i know probably a year and a half maybe it's been a long time not more yeah yeah been well been well just started that new job so yeah how's that going pretty good you know yeah it's you know it's a job yeah (laughs) some money it's important you know i gotta feed the machine a little you know yeah right you you need (laughs) sometimes you need to bring in the extra dough so um if you can tell the listeners uh what it is that you do so they know uh what we're dealing with oh boy uh <laughs> what i do i well i'll just say from the get go i i suppose you can consider me an artist in some respects yeah. <laughs> um, but I feel that humor is is more in the, the focus of, of my output. So most of what I do, I would say, revolves around humor first most, and the art kind of comes second <laughs> at nice. times. I have delved into the realm of, of serious art, but I feel like most of the people that follow me are more connected with the humor aspects of it. Yeah. <laughs> Um, oh, to, to wait, can I? Uh, yeah, yeah, keep going. Say a little more. So, <laughs> <laughs> I, I foremost am mostly like a cartoonist, right? Yeah. The majority of what I do is drawing, uh, but I do I do paint. I do make music as well, as I'm sure you're aware. Yeah. I uh, <laughs> I've just started sculpturing, <laughs> so cool. a little of everything. Whatever I can get my hands on, I'm going to try to make something creative with it. That's my. That's thing. awesome. Yeah, I do. Uh, I look at you as kind of a Renaissance man, <laughs> <laughs> because you have your hands, in, you know, multiple different medias as far as art goes. And I know that you're a musician, and you know, uh, you're a goaltender. <laughs> well, where I don't know if you still play, but <laughs> you know, that's a, I do a, a little bit, bit. Of, a bit of an art form in itself. <laughs> yeah, you could say that when it's done well. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so um. Where did you grow up? Where where uh, where you where'd you grow up and where are you living now? I I was born in Fall River, Massachusetts, and I spent the majority of my life there. Um, I did have a brief stint out in Salt Lake City, uh, which didn't work out in my favor, so I ended up moving back to Fall River. Yeah. Uh, but I'd say about three three years ago now, I moved to Attleboro to get away from Fall River. Yep. Um, and I've been there since and I've been happy here. It's, it's a good place. Yeah, I totally understand that. We live out in Bourne on the Cape and I, 
we moved out here so I could get closer to work because I work even further away. But yeah, we lived in Fall River for like, I want to say we lived in that house for like six years. And we lived in an apartment about a year before that. I grew up in Westport. So yeah, you know, Westport's not bad. But living in, you know, when you live in Fall River, <laughs> as an adult, you're like, yeah, this isn't as fun. Yeah, I mean, it was <laughs> it was nice as a kid. <laughs> oh yeah no i spent a lot of time there growing you know growing up I, basically my most of my family lives there so yeah the thing the it, thing it's, about it's fall river changed. too yeah the thing is if if i brought someone from outside of the area in and i showed them all of the nice places they'd walk away and say wow fall river is a really great place like yeah it's oh, beautiful yeah. you're on the water i mean there's, yeah yeah it seems like a lot of nice little portuguese restaurants there's a lot to do you know Yep. But that, yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's only so many places you can take someone for yeah. before you, uh, the shit yeah. is the fan, right? Yeah. That's, uh, I guess that's my point is when you don't live there and you grow up and you spend all your time as a kid having fun mm -hmm. and just blissfully unaware of adult life and things. Yeah. <laughs> adult things and things that happen. When you yeah. live there, like we lived there and we were homeowners there and it was a nightmare. Like after a certain number of years, we didn't, we didn't live in one of the nice areas. We lived in kind of a pretty shitty area. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. so it does get a little quick, but yeah, we're same boat as you happy that we live where we live now away from that. Yeah. <laughs> again, my whole, I got a lot of family living there. There's nothing, <laughs> nothing wrong with living there. If you choose the right spot, you know, do you still play music at all? I do uh current i haven't done much solo lately uh yeah a friend of my, my best friend really kyle lives in attleboro as well um he only lives about seven minutes away from me and we started up this project that we had been talking about for 15 years maybe about wow. potentially doing and it yeah. just never happened and i'd say last year sometime uh we finally had a chance to like sit down and like get some gear set up and just drink and make <laughs> something and the project is called it's called meet us okay uh, and if you don't know and if your viewers don't know <laughs> meet us is essentially the <laughs> the fleshy the fleshy part around the hole of the the male penis <laughs> <laughs> So <laughs> that is where uh, the band name came from. And if I had to describe it, it's, uh, we call it sleaze wave. Okay. Um, so the idea is that lyrically it's the most vile, uh, based like sexual depravity that you can imagine in lyric form. And it's, it's, uh, it's framed around kind of like an industrial, like dark wave sound okay so it, it's been interesting it sounds interesting <laughs> it uh, sounds very can i can i use the c word on this you can use whatever words you want yeah to use. <laughs> so i i'd say one of our more ambitious tunes is uh it's called cunt smasher <laughs> okay <laughs> and uh if you've never heard that phrase before it's uh there was this meme video that <laughs> was around in the 90s and it was uh, this male stripper who was on like Sally Jesse Raphael, the talk show. 
Yeah. You remember that? Yes, I remember. She had like the red, giant red framed glasses. Yeah. And there was this <laughs> this blonde, like Swedish looking male stripper, like super jacked in in like bondage spiked leather gear. And like it's... stripping on stage to the cheesiest 80s music you've ever heard. <laughs> and uh someone took that video and edited the word cunt smasher flashing all over the screen. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and uh we just we just love that video and we decided that um we were going to start this music project at some point and that was going to be the the title of our album so <laughs> about 15 years ago i designed like an album cover with an image of that guy and now we're actually making the music to go along so it's pretty exciting <laughs> that's one way to do it <laughs> that's incredible uh, you, you used to do i don't know um if it was for any particular band or anything, but you had these, you've posted it in the past, these really cool like um, band posters, like the kind of thing you'd put like in a venue, but it, it was like kind of like a 60s style lettering. Yeah. I thought that was wicked freaking cool. It, like, I, I guess I've been following you since we've, we met. Yeah. Um, yeah. When we were like playing hockey and stuff together. And I've noticed the different progression with the art there's you, been a you, lot yeah yeah there's a lot of a lot of different progressions and um is there is any is there any forethought to that or you do you just kind of go with the flow and things just happen ideas pop into your head creativity just hit you and you yeah. say you know what i'm gonna do this now <laughs> no yeah i am not the kind of person that plans ahead for anything anything really i mean if i I'm sitting in front of a canvas. I have no idea what's going to happen. I will just start doing something and see what happens. But I've never actively tried to approach art, a certain art form mm -hmm. in any way where I, I already have the end product in mind. I've never, right. I don't know if I'm just not built that way, but I just don't do it. So that particular uh, artwork you're talking about, that had to be around 2000 six or seven if i had to guess and that was a time when i had just gotten my first acoustic guitar and i was writing a lot of like folk and psychedelic music yeah. um and so i just kind of i i built a network around the modern psychedelic scene at that time there was like a big revival mm -hmm. that kind of started at that time with uh i mean i would i want to say like the brian jonestown massacre really like okay. put it on another level but bands like the warlocks the black angels um dead meadow a lot of those bands were getting kind of big at that time so i had this this whole network of, of psychedelic groups that i was kind of working with yeah and uh those those were just bands that i connected with and they needed a show poster and i i kind of started messing around with that fillmore style psychedelic mm -hmm lettering um and so i did a few of those posters and that's actually like even to this day probably some of the pieces that i'm i'm like super proud to share still yeah because i i do love the way those came out yeah i remember seeing that and being like wow that's really like uh because i come from like a tattoo uh background where i was a tattoo apprentice for a little yeah. while and yep always been obsessed with it so to see something like that that's so complex but very clean <laughs> very clean lines 
yeah brings a little bit of joy to me because <laughs> yeah. i just can appreciate how difficult it is you know have you uh, always uh been into art was were you like a little kid like what, what's your you know earliest earliest memories of realizing that you have you know creative juices and you can uh you can make sense of what's going on in your brain and you put it on paper so i think probably my my earliest memories i mean I, i'm talking first grade second grade uh i right from the get-go i just had i i had that drive to just doodle constantly right and all of my classmates were aware of that skill mm-hmm. um this is i did mention this on a, a previous <laughs> podcast i was on but it's so funny that i feel the need to bring this up again yeah it's all right <laughs> there was there, there was this little kid uh, i think his name was adam and he was he was kind of one of those little punk kids that you know had seen a lot more out of life at his age than any of the rest of us yeah. he probably had an older brother who was kind of a shit bag and taught him <laughs> how to be a little sleaze bag right from the get-go right yeah right so this is like first grade and he uh he approached me um and he used to collect uh micro machines those little cars uh-huh yeah i remember those and he had quite a collection and he he offered to trade me some of his micro machines for a drawing of a naked woman <laughs> <laughs> in first grade now i had never seen a naked woman before That's a, that was <laughs> nor- my next question <laughs> <laughs> nor had i seen a photograph of a naked woman right. nothing nothing to go on really um except this vague memory of being a small child and having pneumonia or something a bronchitis and i think my mother went to the bathroom like while she was like she had the bath going with hot water and maybe catching a glimpse of something that was probably the right. extent of what i knew as a first grader and uh so i i kind of drew this female form what I could gather was a female form. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, I, I knew there were breasts, so I drew breasts. And then yeah. I got to, you know, the, the money shot and I just, I didn't know where to go. So I just <laughs> scribbled some lines and I was like, yeah. this is really bad. There's no way he's going to like this. <laughs> and I showed him and he was like, that's awesome, man. And he gave me like three micro machines and so that's where my hustle started that's when yeah. i realized you could actually you know make money or it was your first commission to piece i, I was working in trade at yeah. a young age the, the barter system in first grade for mm-hmm. <laughs> pictures of naked women so that's probably my my first memory but beyond that you know there was always they always had those little art contests for kids and yep. i won a few of those like i won a cookie you know, it was yeah. one of my prizes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a ticket to the zoo was another. Yeah. Um, but I, I started to see that people like saw something in the art that I was making. Right. And this was all crayon drawings at the time. But I, I think it was probably around second or third grade is when I started to read like the Sunday comics mm-hmm. in the newspaper, the funniest, you know, and the one that really stood out to me it was uh gary larson's far side okay i don't don't know if you recall that yeah yeah i had a little one of those like day-to-day paper calendars where you tear off to the next 
day and it had a new comic for each day yeah so he, he was my favorite cartoonist and uh i i really recall when they used to have bookstores and malls just mm-hmm. begging my parents to buy me there was a i think it was the far side gallery three and it had a it had like a cow as the mona lisa on the cover of it <laughs> and and they bought it for me and it was like this thick book of of just his comics and i used to just read that like it was the bible you yeah. know yeah i can and, see that <laughs> and i even had like uh cut out comics from from the sunday paper as using that as a bookmark in his collection mm-hmm. so i used to kind of study him because what i loved about his stuff was he would he would apply human emotions and introspection to things that wouldn't normally be right. like conscious like uh, animals you know like farm animals and things yeah and there's that <laughs> whole like animal farm kind of vibe going on and just uh looking at the human condition and seeing all the ridiculousness that comes with that now that you say it i can i can see that in your art <laughs> it is a little bit of has a bit of uh, a little bit of a uh, fireside element to it i was a or i am a, a big like r crumb fan oh i love it yeah you know just it now as an adult looking back on f- from what i what i've seen of his throughout the years all like just the sexualized you know, kind of like he kind of just sexualized women a lot, but it's a lot yeah. of like his thoughts from when he was like growing up and a teenager. And of course, mm-hmm. he grew up in a time much earlier than us because <laughs> right. he's like an old man now. Yeah. If he's even still alive, I think he's still alive. But um, I just, I really appreciate, like you said, the far side and him as far as showing the human emotions and able to put how somebody feels to a drawing whether they're mm-hmm. confused or perverted or whatever it may be yeah I, I see that a lot coming through in your uh in your art so yeah. i tend not to let my stuff get quite as sub- subversive maybe yeah yeah um i it's when i first started this page i would say i was quite a bit more lowbrow mm-hmm. uh and you know like i I think my third drawing that I put up was the cover of The Giving Tree by Shel Silverstein. Okay. But it was the uncut version. And instead of it, the tree dropping an apple, you know, it's his little uncircumcised dick hanging above the, ba- <laughs> the boy's face. <laughs> um, so I've kind of moved away from that now that my following has grow- grown a bit. Uh, so I don't, I don't know if I'll ever get back to going that lowbrow. Yeah. Um, it tends to drive people away at times. <laughs> so Yeah, I could see that. I could see some somebody being put off by it. <laughs> Not me, I wouldn't care. Yeah. Uh, so where do where did the term a very sober artist come from? Why why is why do you call your Instagram account that? Because I am not. <laughs> I'm very not <laughs> very not I sober. Am, I am a man who enjoys a drink, let's just say. And I am I know when to stop. It doesn't affect my my waking yes. life in any manner. Uh but when I, you know, I enjoy a drink. So 
that to me, uh, I think that the time that I created this page, I had just found uh, this artist who called himself a really, really good artist mm-hmm. is his username. And if you look at his stuff, it's, it's really not. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I just, I was like, you know, I appreciate the bullshittery. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, so I just jumped on it. I was, it felt appropriate. And I thought if I put up enough alcohol related content, people would get the joke. Uh, there are still people occasionally that are, they go into it a bit confused <laughs> and they leave <laughs> even more confused <laughs> and that's okay. Yeah. I, that's what I was assuming, but I didn't know if there was some sort of backstory. <laughs> like somebody a, said, I don't know. There is a backstory. It's a bit hazy though. <laughs> Cause you weren't sober when you. Mm, very likely. Very likely not. <laughs> And you know, I don't even know if I've, I, I don't know if you even mentioned your name in the beginning of this, but you're Chris F. I don't think you did. You're the host. <laughs> well, I'll, I usually do an intro and mention it. And, I, you know, I like to do uh, on like the interviews, I like to do a little talking and just kind of fade it in the audio. Uh, yeah. And it, it just dawned on me that I don't mention that I'm talking to Chris F. That's I, quite all right. I, as I, I think it would sound weird, like I'm a reporter on the street. Okay, I'm here now with Chris F. <laughs> not sure if he's sober or not, but he's the sober All artist. signs are pointing to a severe intoxication. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you were voted not nearly one of the worst artists you've seen today for 17 consecutive years. <laughs> How do you feel about that? I'm very proud. <laughs> so proud <laughs> not the worst that's all i strive to be in life never the worst yeah yeah that's a good way to live actually <laughs> i mean i'm always pleasantly surprised by everything i do <laughs> that's good too uh you so you seem to have a lot of commissions from what i can tell you know looking at you know instagram and stuff and I really like your approach when you're seeing somebody's portrait and you, you draw them in your own way. And where does that come from? Do you look at somebody's portrait and, and think they have a big nose, I'm going to make them look <laughs> like, do you, do you intentionally accentuate features or is it uh, like a, like a street artist you know like the, the the guys that do uh caricatures yeah like caricatures no i make uh, that's how i'm making it sound and that's what i didn't want to do <laughs> no because i don't approach it that way at all uh i mean like i said when i first started this page i yeah. was i was doing it mostly for my own amusement so i was offering people free portrait work you know right. just to get content on my page and at that point for me there was so much humor in absolutely destroying their faces <laughs> and making them not unrecognizable, but really highlighting the horrible things that I could find. <laughs> I think that's what I was trying to say. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but for, I didn't know how to say effect. it. Yeah. Very cool. <laughs> uh, so that's how, that's how it started. But, and this was completely un, unplanned, but at some point, someone asked me to do a portrait for someone that I had never met 
that I didn't know. And it happened to be a woman and I felt really terrible making this woman just ugly. <laughs> like I, 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 cause I'm, I'm a pretty wholesome guy, despite what people may say. I'm, I'm a gentleman and I hate to, yeah. I hate to draw a woman in a fashion that might insult her if I have met her and they don't know my sense of humor they right. may take offense to that and I so I I've made the effort to actually draw it and like well and make <laughs> yeah know, make them look as attractive as they probably were in real life you know I don't want to hurt people's feelings so that ended up turning things around for me a little bit where I actually realized I could draw someone in a way that wasn't hideous yeah <laughs> <laughs> and so like I started to do more serious portraits and they're not I'm I can't draw in any way that resembles reality I'm not a realist painter I I just I draw in a comic style you know mm -hmm. um but yeah I just started to pick up once people saw that I could actually draw them in a flattering light I started to get a lot more commissions and and I do I get a fair amount not a ton yeah um, but more than I ever expected to people have been super generous with those so uh, oh, that's awesome but i'm pretty happy with some of them yeah i and didn't i didn't know how to ask that well i didn't want to make it sound like for people that didn't know <laughs> i didn't want to make it sound like you were doing caricatures out on the street but, uh, <laughs> you know but yeah that's so that's very interesting I don't, uh, I have a, a great inability to draw um, realistic anything where it would be perfect. And, 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 for, and that's something that I respect people that can do that. But, oh yeah, for sure. But it doesn't excite me in any way, shape or form. Yeah, that, that's you know? what made me a bad tattoo artist. Yeah. I'm terrible at copying things. Yeah. Like all of not all of but most of doing a tattoo is copying something yeah you know you yeah. you can only do you can only have so much creative license when it comes to somebody's uh, skin especially if, if you know if they're like i need this portrait of my grandmother on my arm <laughs> everybody's gonna see it and it needs to be perfect I'd, oh. oh thanks <laughs> i could draw a skateboard for you if you if you want me to yeah. do that yeah people have suggested that i should go into tattoo work and i'm kind of like have you seen my work <laughs> yeah you know there's a market for it it's not uh it's not a totally un unheard of thing to have tattoo artists out there that um they have like a niche where they're doing they don't do any realism they some people don't even do color you know it, it is a mm -hmm. niche thing but if you're not really hardcore into tattoos i would highly suggest not doing it because <laughs> yeah. you know even though those people are good at what they do they've probably had to pay their dues and work their way up to the level they're at where people are requesting them to i want that yeah you know, there's people that are coming to them for that specific style, but they probably can do it all. And that's, yeah. that was the part that I couldn't do at all. <laughs> that's why I didn't yeah. do that anymore. 
I'm, I'm not interested in that life. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's not for everybody for sure. So you've been doing a lot of painting, like you said, and I've noticed a lot of abstract stuff. And I know this kind of dips into what we were just talking about. Do you, do you ever get uh, in any commissions on painting? Are you ever, uh, as opposed, like um, anybody ever come to you with them wanting a portrait painted? Never, or, no. You have any interest no. in that, or is it? I, I don't really paint people. Uh, yeah. I don't. I don't have any confidence as far as uh, drawing detail with with a brush and paint. Partially because I don't. I mean, I don't. I don't spend the money to get good enough gear like paintbrushes and paint to yeah. really like <laughs> try to hone my technique. And I don't do it enough to hone my technique and try. And like I said, the the realism factor yeah. for me it it doesn't drive me in any way. There's no part of me that wants to sit down and paint a portrait for a dude who owns a yacht or, or like right. <laughs> a prin Prince Albert and his, his Shih Tzu, you know, like that, that kind of a portrait. That's like, I just couldn't do it. I wouldn't be able to. A big pierced penis with a Shih Tzu. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Prince Albert. Sorry. Sorry. I did not even make that connection. <laughs> <laughs> wait, i did who, for some reason i don't know why <laughs> wait who, where does that term come from i have no idea who uh, is who, prince albert yeah who is prince albert and why did they name appearance does, Venus does he albert? know <laughs> was he a real dickhead and they were just like this is perfect that's good <laughs> I, i'd imagine he probably had some sort of phallic crown maybe or, <laughs> or some, maybe he had a big nose and, you know that that somebody equated <laughs> is he Albert. british he must be british it's possible it's very possible so i have some strange questions that i like to ask i wouldn't say strange i would say odd i guess they're oh. kind of off topic if you could be any animal what animal would you be i would oh jesus um there's a difference between like what animal i love the most and what animal i would want to be because that may not necessarily be the same thing although i would not you know what i love an octopus and i would really yeah. i would really love to experience life as something where You've got so many limbs that can move, think, and feel independently, mm. but also having the intelligence to be able to shape shift and change your color and the texture of your own skin to camouflage yourself. To, to I would just want to know whether they have some conscious train of thought or if it's literally just all based on instinct because they're very intelligent yeah. animals, but I want to know how they think, whether their train of thought is anywhere in the realm of how we connect thoughts. You know what I mean? I yeah, think that would be interesting. Yeah. They're very alien to us. It's not, you know, they're not a land animal for one thing. <laughs> yeah. I agree that. with that. That's a good, that's a good one. What is your favorite animal then? The octopus. That's, 
<laughs> okay. <laughs> well, no, it's uh, it's between the octopus and the cuttlefish, but they're both very okay. similar. Oh yeah, cuttlefish, uh, very similar, very very similar. But if I had to pick an animal that wasn't my favorite animal, like <laughs> I I wouldn't mind being a dolphin for like a couple hours, and yeah. just you know like doing the, the jump out of the water and spin and like yeah. maybe do the flipper thing that. On the water, you know. <laughs> oh yeah, when they go, they go backwards and they. they yeah. Play. Yeah, yeah. Like, isn't that fancy? Like, I would be able to do <laughs> that. That's isn't cool. Isn't that fancy? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, that's those are that's really good choice too. You're very uh, water based. I yeah well. And it's funny. That's strange because I have a dolphin on my shirt. <laughs> it just dawned on me. I'm like, hey, wait a minute. I've been wearing the shirt all day. That's I got, funny. I got this. Uh, I got this shirt in the island of Saint Miguel. Oh, that's that is the island where my mother was born. Really? That's mm-hmm. awesome. Yeah, my wife's family's from there. It's. Uh, uh, have you ever been there? Uh, when I was four. Okay, so go back. <laughs> yeah. I know. I mean, we went a couple of years ago on a family trip. My wife's family, pretty much their whole entire crew went, like uncles and aunts and everybody. And uh, it's paradise, basically. Yeah. <laughs> it was like I've never been anywhere that wow. nice in my life. It was, it blew me away. But I can't wait to go back. Where, where are your parents from? My parents are from Fall River. <laughs> Hey. Yeah, her, her her parents are both from San Miguel, but um, yeah, my parents are both we're we're Americans. <laughs> yeah, you know, my dad's side's uh, French, and my mom's side is uh, Portuguese. But yeah, cool. yeah, nothing, nothing. Oh, <laughs> that's my... too fun. It's like you know, multiple generations. <laughs> no, like I, my my family's interesting. My dad, he's from another island in the Azores called Tercera. Okay. But he grew up on an an American like naval base on that really? island. No kidding. So yeah, so he grew up around a lot of like Americans, presumably. Right. Um yeah, but that makes his sense. um <laughs> I think he always kind of like held that over my mom a little bit, like, oh I grew up on an American naval base, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know all about Americans. <laughs> but right. there's a if i go a little further back like not his parents but his parents parents were mm-hmm. from the mainland like lisbon okay and what i was told was that the the mother like died in childbirth oh geez and then the husband like shortly after killed himself and i was like holy crap that's like a dark story yeah that's pretty heavy <laughs> so like half of my family like boom just like that like (laughs) so there's some darkness there but i thought that was an interesting story yeah my i I didn't even remember exactly who it's all kind of on my dad's side but there's a few uh orphans i don't know if it was my dad's grandfather i think was an orphan Mm. and he uh i think he was raised he was raised by a sister like a much older sister that was a nun i want to say so it's like she went off to a convent, came back to, a, you know, half the family's orphans because back then there was like 20 fucking kids. Yeah. <laughs> so then she was like raising a bunch of them. It's just very convoluted story. And I know uh, my my mom's dad, 
so he's Portuguese and his mother died at one point when he was a kid and he literally had an evil stepmother <laughs> because his dad remarried and the woman hated his guts and said we need to give this kid away because I don't like him Wow! so he was an orphan <clears throat> or you know put in an orphanage or something and he was raised by an aunt or you know some somebody showed up that was related and was like oh hey it's, he doesn't need to be in an orphanage we'll we'll take him in so he literally had an evil stepmother that's wild <laughs> that was fuck you get out of my house <laughs> and the father went along with it which is like mind-blowing to me i mean kids kids are kids and they can be pains in the asses but yeah nobody's gonna come between me and my kids <laughs> you know they're gonna be like oh yeah nah yeah my <laughs> wife doesn't like you so you're, you're gone I mean, he probably didn't yes. like him that much either. If he was just like, I guess yeah, not. okay. <laughs> I guess. It's, it's cool. Yeah, I guess. I just say whatever, kid. Uh, you know, I picture it uh, kind of like a really bad business meeting. Like you sat him, like sat him down, like, hey, listen, you know, your performance here has uh, been <laughs> subpar and new management doesn't like you all that much. You got to go. Oh, I'm going to miss you guys. Yeah, he's, it's yeah, for the peace best. Out. Peace out. I'm going to go live in an orphanage for a little while. <laughs> so uh, another question for you is if you could live anywhere on earth other than where you live now, where would you like to live? I'm going to paradise in San Miguel, kid. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good to I me. mean, honestly, I don't know. Uh, if, I, if I wasn't going to go there, then I don't know. Canada, maybe, I think. I think I've, I've had some fun in Toronto. Actually, you know what? I, I, I haven't been there, but I hear Vancouver is, like, incredible mm. and beautiful. Um, probably, probably Canada, only because I, I have been there and I know that I like it there. Mm-hmm. So let's go with let's go with Toronto. There's a lot of fun people in Toronto, and they have <laughs> they have good dance nights there. And yeah, they get the leaves. Yeah, uh, well, I could go. <laughs> I could go, go with fans. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, it's funny that last uh, interview I did. Uh, it came up. We talked about a trip to Montreal. And I'm only bringing this up because you mentioned Canada. And I've been to Montreal, like, I want to say, like, three different times. And uh, the first time was the one I mentioned in that other episode uh, with Maddie Light. And um, Montreal was very cool back then, like the early 2000s. But it was cool in a way that I found it cool. So I was kind of like a little metalhead punk kid that you know we wandered off me and my friends which is kind of like off doing crazy things and i remember um, yeah. going to some random bar that not one person that spoke english but yeah. it was just there's a fucking you know there's some band playing and it, it was like a rock band and it was amazing i remember just being blown away by it and i was like this is the coolest place on earth and the second time i went things were changing hmm. and it wasn't so dirty and gritty anymore. Yeah. And it was just kind of a little, in, a, a, kind of being cleaned up in a little 
a little strange. And the last time I went, it was totally changed. And as opposed to there being weird, like, I guess I would call it like Jersey, Jersey Shore kind of stores with like t-shirts and the crazy yeah. like knickknacks and a little shit everywhere. Instead of it being that, there was like Louis Vuitton and like Versace, yeah. and, you know, like Chanel and all, all these crazy big, big name brand places and big stores. And I was like, this is not how <laughs> I don't huh. remember this place at all. Like it was, what part of Montreal were you hanging out in? Uh, it was just the, I don't know, just Montreal uh, around St. Catherine Street. So like that, that yeah, main that's... strip where all the you know the bars and strip clubs that's where i usually would go like when yeah. i was a kid i used to go up there to see cousins and stuff but what as right. cool. as a, a adult of drinking age i would go to st catherine and yeah you know bar hop and yep um but my experiences there were always super positive like yeah it was always positive and it, it definitely but it wasn't uh maybe it was just my mindset because when I was there yeah. the first time, I was like 19. Yeah. So I was just ready to roll and ready, ready to rock and roll. Yeah. <laughs> ready to the drink. Thing, <laughs> the thing that I, I found like memorable about Montreal is that I was not the type to get dressed up and wear shoes and go to like some club and yeah. listen to loud music and dance. That wasn't really me. Right. But whenever I went to Montreal, I would do that and then I would have like the time of my life. And so right. it was almost like it made you feel like a different person, you know? Yeah. Um, like my, one of my most distinct memories was being in this, this club that was in an old, it used to be a church, I think. Okay. Cause they had these little like arch shaped windows with a tiny balcony that could hold one person that people would be smoking on. <laughs> and uh, it was, it had to be an old converted church. And this place was just packed to the hilt. And I remember this was, do you remember that song Satisfaction by Benny Benassi? That was like, push me and then not touch me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that song was like really big. <laughs> and I remember that coming on and the people I was with, like we all were so aware of that song that we were just like, all right, like start dancing. But halfway through the song, I remember hearing like a, a trumpet solo over this song. And I was like, what a weird remix. Like, this sounds really cool. Like, and then I turned around and there was this, this little raised platform, just large enough for one person to stand on. Yeah. And there was some dude standing on there playing the sax live over this song. <laughs> and it reminded me of that scene in The Lost Boys. Okay. <laughs> where that that guy's doing the sax solo on stage and he's all jacked and shirtless you know yes you know who i'm talking about i know who you're talking about um was it I the was lost like, boys really yeah okay that guy has an album out by the way like, really <laughs> that awesome. came out a few years ago oh shit i'm not joking it's real i forget his name but yeah he really put out an album and i think it's because um synth wave has had such a revival yeah and right. someone must have seeked him out and said hey we're gonna record you and put an album out in the 2000s and he did it which good for him his name is tim <laughs> capello i just capello. looked it up i'm looking it up does he have like a stage capello. name 
maybe. So is the Lost Boys actor Tim Capello is the real sexy sax man. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's awesome. I guess that is. I don't know why I didn't think that was the Lost Boys. I, I now that I'm seeing pictures of it, I believe. Yeah. So <laughs> all right. So that that guy with the sax. Picture him in leather bondage gear with spikes and like the metal sleeves. Right. You know, like the black metal sleeves. Yeah. That's what Cunt Smasher looks like. <laughs> oh, nice. Oh my God. You're going to have to, we're going to, I'm going to have to find Cunt Smasher. Smasher. And you're going to have to send me. If you find it before I do, send me something. <laughs> so, so speaking of music and everything, uh, like what, what were you into when you were like a teenager, when you were young and, when did when did you learn you you play guitar right yeah i play a little bit of a lot of things right um so when did how old were you when you uh, started playing music i this was after high school i was going to new england tech so i had to be 18 or 19 i was 18 i think okay uh and i didn't have any instruments uh, my only experience with any instruments was playing the drums for about six months when I was 10. Okay. And then I had organ lessons for like three weeks before I quit angrily. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I never played an instrument again until way later. But when I was 18, I found um, some DAW for creating music electronically okay uh, i think this was even before i had fruity loops but i found a couple of like drum machines online and was mm -hmm. messing around with that and then before i even started like actively making music with it i was using a sampler so i would just sample a random sound and just pitch it up and down to make different right. sounds um uh, so I was doing just a lot of weird experimental, almost industrial stuff uh, then. And I was going by the name DJ Godass. Okay. <laughs> uh, so I had probably 20 something songs written under that, that okay. moniker and which are all lost now completely. Oh, that stinks. Um, because they were on a laptop that I took with me on a Greyhound trip across the country. And then I lost my laptop. So that's there. somebody's that was, listening to it. It's very possible, but I, that's all of my early stuff is gone. But then I started um, another project called deformed fetus, which was like heavy, dark industrial, more like nine inch nails mixed all with right like Einsters and in the bottom and like, like really dark, dark stuff. Um, and after that, I want to say is when I first got like an actual instrument and I wanted a guitar, but some kid that I knew that played guitar, he suggested I get a bass. Like if I got good at bass, I could like join his band. Okay. <laughs> um, but for me, it wasn't really satisfying to play the bass without anything else going on yeah because I, I really what wanted i wanted to do was to write music and write songs and i couldn't yeah. really do that that well with just the bass 
So there are some songs that I recorded at that time that were just, and I didn't even have an amp yet. I just had an electric bass without an amp. <laughs> so yeah, that's fun. <laughs> I have some songs that I wrote, like just plucking the dead strings without an amp and then trying to amplify them digitally. So it sounded like I was plugged into an amp. Yeah, that sounds complicated. <laughs> it sounds it, like a lot of work. It was uh, interesting, but I, I can say that I've never heard anything else like it because no one else is stupid enough to try to record <laughs> an electric instrument without an amp. Uh, so I was really, it's always been, I've never really mastered anything that I've tried to do. And I've always just fucked around with it until I could create something that even closely matches the sound I'm hearing in my head. Yeah. And as soon as I'm able to like get to that point, I kind of just like chuck it aside and try something new. <laughs> like, yeah. For some reason, I just, I don't have it in me to sit and really get extremely good at one thing. I always want to jump into something new when I feel that I've, I've gained like a, a decent level of understanding of something. I think I may be ADD if we're being honest. <laughs> I'm the same exact way. I mean, I've, <laughs> I've been playing guitar since I was like 15. I'm not at a level where you would think it would be 22 years of playing guitar. You think I'd be much better, but I'm Yeah, you should you should have reformed Pink Floyd by now. Yeah, right. And, but it's 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 the same thing like you're saying. I I go through spurts of playing it a lot and I get my chops back and I'm getting Yeah. And then I just you know, flutters out and I start doing something different. Yeah. And yeah, I'm a uh, uh I call myself a mad of all trades, but a master of none because I'm yeah. same as you, just never really mastered anything 100%. I feel that a lot. I, always, <laughs> jump, always jump to the next thing. Yeah. If you could visit any time in history, but just to be a uh, fly on the wall, you can't affect anything. Uh, where would you, Where and when would you go? <laughs> The first thing that came to mind was the set of Lost Boys during the filming of that scene. <laughs> but that's not accurate, but that's the first thing that came to my mind. Um, realistically, I, I would love to see, um, I don't know, oh, see, again, the second thing that came to mind was, have you heard of Black Wall Street? No. Like the, the Tulsa massacres. Like I won't I won't go into a lot of detail, but it's a really dark time in history. Super dark. Um, but I think it would be interesting to see that that ugliness firsthand. I think it would change my whole course if I saw that firsthand instead of reading right. about it. Um but that's it's weird that my mind goes like I would want to see like the real ugliest thing that i can think of uh, yeah uh, but at the same time part of me also thinks i would love to be there to see like the protesting in the 60s around the vietnam war around the race issues going on i would love to see yeah those the vibrancy in those protests in that time and how energized people were um and oh. i just wonder like would that would that feel anything like what we're seeing now right or it just i it feels like it was so much more energized then and 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 to think like 
if that was at that level and how passionate people were and it still hasn't changed now you know what yeah. I mean? maybe there's something to be learned from that yeah i feel like we i i agree with you and i i would like to see that especially in the 60s around like vietnam and stuff because that's the era that like my parents came from and i'm assuming your parents are probably around that's they were born in that same you know early yeah. 50s yep and um yeah because you know i've i could ask my dad what was it like but he he wasn't there yeah he exactly. was off working or whatever he was just you know either in school or working or and just didn't experience it yep. firsthand so it was like how the same way i'm not experiencing any of these riots or pro protests because i'm not, yeah. not there they were you alive know, during woodstock but they didn't go yeah <laughs> you right know? you know i've met people that have gone yeah and i've i've the stories i've heard hasn't been the stories that are like famous to woodstock people yeah. just experienced it as a concert right i mean maybe they were just kind of a little more on the mild side of exactly that's the, thing. <laughs> the human experience at the time they weren't they weren't so, wild people so i guess when you look at that crowd at woodstock right there's yeah. there are people like a mile away from the stage and they're just there and it's like i can sort of hear the music <laughs> yeah that's madness yeah i, I can't you're like being that far away from Jimmy and you're Hendrix like and i like, was i was at woodstock but uh you know i didn't really uh I didn't, I didn't get to that area where they were taking the acid. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, so I don't I don't know. I I I see your point. You'd like to know if that kind of stuff. You know, I looked it up that uh I did hear about this that that massacre the Black it's one Wall of the, Street, the, the ugliest things I've ever heard of. Yeah, that's fucking horrendous. Now was that not to go down a rabbit hole into <laughs> this unless you really wanted to <laughs> it's bound to happen <laughs> it was bound to happen was this the was this all about that a, a guy that was blamed for raping a girl or yeah. assaulting a white girl and then it so the story wasn't was, even fucking true or was that he he may have like stepped on her foot in an elevator on accident and she accused him of raping her um, so all these, these white men got very angry, stormed into this black, this whole community that had, they had developed that was self-sufficient and mm. doing extremely well. And they lynched the men like that night. Um, and it, they just started burning down houses, you know, raping the women, just completely destroyed this whole community. Yeah. And and that was 100 years ago. It wasn't about this one man. It was, they didn't like seeing, you know, black yeah. men and women succeeding without, you know, working. They yeah. were, they were self-sufficient and they didn't yeah. like to see it, I guess. It was dark. Yeah, I feel like that was a really fucked up time. I mean, it was only, it was only 100 years ago. It's wild. You know, there's yeah. a lot of really fucked up shit that's happened in our lifetime. Not yeah. quite as fucked up as that, but it's hard to imagine that much violence. Yeah, and I guess like so unprovoked. It's just totally one hundred percent unprovoked. Yeah, 
so there's that part of me that I would want to see that ugliness firsthand because I can't I can't even fathom it it's so beyond my comprehension for someone to right to to fear and hate someone like that so blindly and I don't know maybe if I could understand how someone could possibly go to that place uh maybe it would be easier to, yeah. to fight it or to understand I don't know I, I don't know right yeah I don't understand it either it, it's I wasn't raised with any prejudice really mm -hmm. if there was any not towards anyone you know any race or anything like that I, w I didn't grow up in a racist house so I, I sort of just really don't get it and just unsolicited violence is kind of mind-blowing like in a, yeah. in, in a, in a fatal way like that, you know, it's confusing, but I do have to, <laughs> it's funny. Cause it's just a question about where you would go. Oh <laughs> <in> man. <laughs> so, but I, I do always have to put that section of uh, just to be a fly in the wall. Cause I'm, I would imagine if the question was, if you could go back in time, to history anywhere and when where would you go if you could affect things well let's let's say i feel like it, it would be a very similar answer okay. so let's flip it right so if i could affect something right let's go there but if i can't affect it let's go something sunnier let's say <laughs> let's go to the Fillmore in san francisco summer of love like Jefferson airplane performing live, you know, like yeah, right. Scene, you know, to be like Haight Ashbury and the, the time when people were really getting freaky, you know. Like yeah. I would love, I would love to see that in person and see like where was it really that groovy and like open minded, <laughs> or was it just like teenagers like yeah, did everybody trying just smell to be, bad? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I'd, I'd just be curious to see uh, drugs being so widespread and how that actually affects daily life for people right. that aren't in that scene. You know, that's a good way to look at it. I never even thought of that. How how that open drug use really would have affected. I'm sure it affected a lot. Yeah, and I never even thought of that. You look and back just on like, you listen, look back listening on, like, to the, the radio like, even. Yeah. Like yeah, imagine right. what the radio was like in those times. It was probably incredible. <laughs> the oh, music yeah, right. that was coming out. I would actually listen to the radio if I went back Damn. home. <laughs> yeah. And you know, there were like straight, like businessmen that never smoked a reefer in their life. Like listening to those bands and going, this is incredible. Like, yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. And they know what they're missing, but they're also like working to support a family or something like, yeah. So that's such an interesting thing to think about. Like when, when you hear about those times, you hear how freaky and cool it was and everyone was like, hi, and this yeah. and that. But no, they were straight-laced people, like not even involved and they were just aware of it. And a lot of them looked down upon those people. But I guarantee now they're looking back and going, that music was incredible though, you know? Yeah, yeah. You get to wonder how many people missed out of it just... <laughs> You know, just from peer pressure of all oh, those crazy hippies, and they're like, "Damn, I like that music though." Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know about your really? parents. But my my parents were like so straight laced, and they they didn't smoke weed once in their whole lives. Like, 
And I blame them for my shitty tolerance, honestly. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> I inherited funny. it. <laughs> uh, I think my parents were in between. My, my dad played in a band. I mean, I say in between, but I really have no clue because they probably just would they just wouldn't tell me. <laughs> but um, my dad was in a band called the Peppermint Rainbow. Oh yeah, he was smoking dope. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you know the he you know they worked and had they weren't like just crazy hippies or anything. So I don't I just I don't know. I think they were just kind of in between. They were just like living it yeah. and having fun and having a good time. But he they was were hanging all, out. They with were the also boys. like owned a house when they were like you know 21 and shit well yeah you could afford it back then (laughs) yeah yeah they bought the house for like 30 grand that hurts i know right he paid off off our house quick i'm like yeah no shit (laughs) (laughs) it's like a fucking car loan it's the other thing i inherited it's a fucking national budget and (laughs) all this inflation and and bills and student loans and bad economy Etc. Etc. Yeah, the bad economy is fun for us. The housing oh, market. Yeah. Come on, I want to buy a house. Give me a break. <laughs> what is this? Yeah, we 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 are lucky in the fact that I used to uh, remodel houses for a living. So both the <laughs> two houses we've owned have been total shitholes when we bought them. <laughs> no, that's, like the, that's the best way though. I'm in my shitty basement right now as I as I speak. Uh, <laughs> that's this house is still we've been here seven years but still working on it yeah but that's you know the best way to buy a house buy one that sucks yeah if you could see it and you go wow this house really sucks (laughs) you go wait we can afford this (laughs) i see the potential i see the potential as i peer through the hole in the wall i can see that potential quite clearly yeah this house didn't have any interior doors when we bought it Wow. It was a rental and uh the people that lived here, I guess the last people that left, they they ripped the doors off the walls along with a lot of the molding and left the windows open. So, what? Yeah, so there's a lot of <clears throat> a lot of water damage on the floors and what? Yeah, we've Wait, what would make someone do that? Um if you had to venture, I guess. If I were to guess, I would say they uh, just sucked at life (laughs) they're just shitty human beings i'm assuming i don't know they left some sort of bad energy in my house i think i don't know yeah like because i'm just because every every time i come across a project that's just not done right or it's just this it it is i mean maybe it's just owning a shitty house (laughs) but every doors yeah like they they didn't have doors either either they punched a bunch of holes in the doors (laughs) <laughs> or fucked up the doors and the, when they sold the house they just removed them so it wouldn't be an eyesore see i'm picturing like a carry situation where there's like really heavily religious parents and they're like no doors in this house god is watching you at all <laughs> times is- you know <laughs> that's quite that could be a possibility too is there like a holy anger angry energy that you feel like a righteous anger no, I wouldn't say it's righteous. It's going to sound weird, but I don't know. There's sometimes there's a weird energy in this house, and I don't. I'm not one of those people that I can't like you know read people's energies or anything. I, I'm not. I don't subscribe to that as much. But um, but like my grandmother was like a fortune teller, so I've been told that I it's 
just like these kind of things carry over into you, like being able to like get certain feelings and whatnot. Yeah. And uh, I don't know. This house has a weird energy to it. (laughs) (laughs) And my, you know, my youngest son's scared all the time and I don't get it. Really? Like in his own house. And that's new. Is that new in this particular house? It's fairly new. Well, he's seven. He's only lived in this house. He's never lived anywhere else. Oh, okay. So, um, he's. It's been coming up a lot lately. I don't want to be. Like, I right, go, buddy. Go ahead. Go put your pajamas on in your bedroom. And he's like, I don't. Uh, he's like, I don't want to be alone. Hmm. Like you're in your own room. Like all I wanted to do was be alone in my room. <laughs> as long as I mean, if he's not you know. bringing up other children that are. Yeah, right. It, yeah. it it's not really concerning, but it's just hopefully it's just like one of those things where you say it's a phase. <laughs> I hope so. And I and I know some of the people that listen to the show <laughs> and some of the people that have been on the show are kind of that type of uh fortune telling. Have wait, have you had any paranormal investigators on the show yet? I did. I did. Uh last year around this time. And you didn't Late have summer. Them come to your house and f- do the no, podcast. No, you know there. what's what's funny is I have an old bus. It's a shuttle bus. And yeah. I fixed it up so we could use it to go camping. Nice. And it just so happens that it's perfect. It's like really great for sound. And so this uh I had three out of the five women that are in this all woman group. They're called the Cape Cod Paranormal Consortium. I remember this now. I already saw the pictures and like, yeah, that's yeah. Awesome. So they do, um, yeah, they do paranormal investigations, and one of them is a medium. And well, she, if they're listening now, uh, I think Matt would like to extend an invitation <laughs> to. Uh, yeah, I might, and I don't know if, how my wife would feel about it, <laughs> but yeah, the uh, one of them, Caitlin, she's a she's a, a medium, and she she does do that, and I'm like, I'm like I don't know if I want to know. <laughs> <laughs> like i don't know i've done a lot of work to this house i don't want to leave can you like uh can you drag the spirits out to expose them and then sage them away how does this maybe work? yeah i don't know that's <laughs> that's a good idea it's an, an idea that i'm floating around the little guy's it's, scared all the time that's not cool <laughs> no you got to get those ghosts really high so everyone will get along <laughs> that works so back to uh your art trying not to get way off topic although that was pretty far out uh (laughs) far out man it was far (laughs) out man so you could kind of apply this to anything but your creative process as far as your art is it more like a formal process or is it more intuitive like do you or i mean you could apply that to anything because i know you've already said you kind of fly by the seat of your pants a little bit but is there a time that you have to be more formal with it like the portraits or do you still just really just roll with it the only time i would say that i have to take a formal approach is for commissioned portraits because i need to know what the end product is going to be it needs to look like these people who paid me money (laughs) you know what i mean (laughs) but outside of a paid job like that it's my process is i am going to write a song today uh i'm going to 
put some paint on this canvas. I'm going to start drawing on this piece of paper. I may go into a drawing with an idea, uh, but for the most part, any other any other media, medium, I'm just, it's a very vague idea. I may have like a sound in my head for a song. I may have a lyric that I'm gonna start with. For a painting, I may have certain colors that I've put aside that I intend to use. But beyond that, it's all just, just jump into it and see what happens. And a lot of times it's horrible and I just <laughs> start over. So for the most part, yeah. I The way I live my life is the way that I create my art. And it's very much just, I don't, I don't pre-plan very much. I just like good. day to day, moment to moment. Uh, See, it's yeah. This That's... sounds so cliche saying it, but no, I'm a very impulsive person <laughs> in That's art good. and life. You know. That's cool. That's good. Yeah, I, I'm sort of impulsive too, so I force myself to be less. Yeah, and it just comes the day to day shit. Just yeah, to get yeah, things I'm... done. And I'm I've I mention it all the time on the show that I'm a list guy. I'll write a list tonight. Yeah on the shit I have to get done and hopefully it all just falls in line with everything else because like so I'll have to, I'll put on the list edit this episode yeah because if I don't I'll forget yeah <laughs> the, that, the ADD brain will just send me somewhere else and but that's be... not a bad practice though because I I don't do that and yeah. I am very forgetful when it oh, yeah. if something doesn't strike me immediately as like super important it will go away so quickly. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it may be something that I should do, but it's not going to, I'm not going to lose my job or yeah. I'm not going to die if I don't do it. So my brain doesn't assign importance to it and it just goes away. So I think I may pick up that habit of writing lists because I think yeah. I would be more productive. Than yeah, to me, it's more, it's, uh, it's a lot of, it's the stupid shit that you just like you said, they're not all that important. So that's why you forget them. That's why I have to write them down, like pay the credit card bill. Uh, oh yeah. <laughs> like, Oh, that's going to be late in the, by the end of the weekend. I should probably fucking pay that. You know, yeah. things, things like that, things like editing this, you know, not that this won't be on my mind. So I'll want to edit it anyway, but I don't want it to be 1130 at night tomorrow night. And I go, Oh fuck. I forgot. I forgot completely. <laughs> I was supposed to do that. This is going so well. I don't think you'll need to edit it at all. <laughs> I'll have to edit myself out of it <laughs> quite a bit. No. Um, do you listen to any particular uh, music or anything when when you uh, when you make your art, or do you listen I, to nothing at all? No, almost always listening to music. Um, the two things that I've listened to the most this past year while I'm creating stuff is um, I actually listened to a lot of MF Doom. So okay. I was like super bummed when I found out that he died. That sucked. Because that that was like my number one to listen to when I was creating anything. Yeah. Um, but another thing that I listened to a lot was uh, there's this Jamaican film from the 60s, I want to say, called uh, The Harder They Come. Okay. And it's about this, this guy growing up, like 
in the hard knocks and he wants to be a star and nobody thinks he can do it and he ends up building up and writing this song and he gets a hit and he becomes a superstar kind of thing and finds his way out of the this situation but it's uh the guy his name is jimmy cliff okay. and he he has like the whole soundtrack is like mostly like jimmy cliff songs and it's fucking great it's like incredible like funky reggae music yeah i was gonna and, say that name sounds really familiar yeah if you can find it um it's jimmy cliff and it's called the harder they come and there's a few songs on that soundtrack that are just like complete fire like and whenever <laughs> i'm painting and i have that playing something amazing always comes from it that i'm like super pleased with so cool. i think that's like my my secret weapon nice <laughs> yeah. yeah back in the day when i used to draw a lot i listened to uh primus oh yeah i listened to a shitload of primus and i don't it's just it was that's i was sick. drawing really weird shit so it, it all just kind of matched what i was yeah. drawing and dude yeah probably i actually am probably gonna start doing that actually i i used to listen to pork soda incessantly yep that was the exact album i was actually <laughs> yeah. just racking my brain trying to think of it i'm like wait which one was it yeah pork soda was the one i listened to a lot that that little sculpture that i just did i posted I yeah think. yeah yeah is it today like that today, yeah. that thing the look of that guy is like very less playful inspired and yes. like especially like their claymation videos i used to just love yeah yeah and that's 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 a medium that i've never gotten into but i would love to mess around with claymation it's so yeah. cool i love it but it's so much work i don't think i have enough time it's, it seems like a shitload of work <laughs> yeah it's very time consuming is your um is your work on display anywhere do you sell it out in the public or do you sell just everything uh online no as of yet i definitely have not because i've only just recently started painting seriously um but i have been looking into the possibility of like joining a local art collective cool um because there is there is a local one in my town that's it's fairly cheap to join and i just I feel like I'm still like kind of building up a portfolio of paintings mm -hmm. to the point where I feel confident putting it out there in that way. Right. Um, but I would at some point love to try to exhibit it in some way. And yeah. I just don't know how to go about that. So I'm fairly yeah. new to this, this whole thing. <laughs> I really think you should. I think you should put your stuff out there. Cause I think people would enjoy it. I know I enjoy it. Well, thank you. Um, so how can people contact you if they want, uh, they want to purchase anything that you've made or want a commission or anything like that. So if you, if you go to my Instagram page, it's instagram.com slash very sober artist. Um, I have a link on my bio there that where you can purchase originals, prints, uh, commission a photo or really anything it's all there cool yeah perfect <laughs> <laughs> uh so i think that's i think that's it that's all i got for you <laughs> uh, i'm a big fan of yours i i always have been 
since we played like hockey together and stuff. And there wasn't many, I don't remember scoring many goals on you. You were pre- <laughs> pretty damn good goalie. You know, ever since back then, I think uh, uh, I've been following you as far as like the different music you've put out and the different, uh, your different stages of your art career. And I think you're doing a great job. Appreciate it. And I think keep up the good work. I didn't swear nearly as much as I thought you were going to. Uh, there's some in there. <laughs> They're scattered throughout. I tried to like give some space between each. <laughs> that works. I got the cunts out early, so. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. All right, man. Thanks a lot for doing this. Thank you. That was a fun interview. Uh, I want to thank Chris for coming on the show. He's a cool guy. I've known him for a while, and uh, it's been very interesting watching his art grow and uh, change over the years. You can check his uh, art out on Instagram, Very Sober Artist. His profile has the link so you can purchase his artwork or you can reach out to him for commissioned pieces, collaborations. You can reach out to him. Do your thing. Uh, I want to thank you, the listener, for tuning in today and listening. Make sure to check out the Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook accounts. Join the Facebook group if you're a Facebooker. Go to oddpeoplepodcast.com for info about the show and to buy merchandise. Email me your address and we can get some free stickers out to you. Join the sticker contest. Just place your sticker somewhere cool and interesting. Take a picture. Tag God People Podcast on social media. Show off that cool sticker location and I will choose a winner. And The winner will get Special secret, double secret surprise. I'll announce a winner in August after reviewing all the many sticker locations. <laughs> Hopefully you guys come up with something cool. I hope you tune in next time. Stay creative. Stay inspired. And as always, stay odd. Stay odd.